4: And uh, Janice, uh, just truly remarkable these pictures here, and uh, amid some uh, some of the protesters calling for Xi to step down, what has been the Chinese government response to these protests? Have they said anything? Done anything? Silence doesn't exist on uh, Chinese internet. State media has not said anything except uh, uh, propping up the zero COVID policy, saying it is the path to successfully defeating the virus. The leadership has not said anything today. At the regular Ministry of Foreign Affairs briefing, uh, officials were evasive and not directly addressing either the protests or the growing anger against the zero COVID policy. Uh, I was at the protest in Beijing last night. It went until 2.30 in the morning. Uh, People were holding up the pieces of paper as a protest against censorship. They were singing um, uh, the national anthem. And and I'm not sure if you'll recall, but during the Shanghai lockdown, uh, the national anthem became such a rallying cry for people during the lockdown that censors banned some of the lyrics from the country's own national anthem, uh, calling on people to rise up if they do not wish to be slaves, arise, arise, arise. So all of these uh, themes are are coming to the surface and and people really feeling a sense of unity, uh, no matter what corner of the country that they're in, uh, that they want to do what they can with their voices, with this uh, uh, sense of action uh, to try and get some of these restrictions reduced. And I just want to make one more quick point. When we talk about zero COVID here, what we're talking about is when there's the quarantines, there's the mass testing, there's there's the limits on mobility. But in China, when you get COVID, you don't take a few days off work and ride it out at home. When you get COVID here, they track you down and they come and they take you to a hospital and they take your Mm. family to a quarantine center, those container, uh, shipping container camps that that we're seeing being built at a a frantic rate. And you stay in the system until the system says you can leave. This is what people are frustrated with as well. It's all Mm. of the limits on mobility. It's businesses being forced to close down, people losing money, people losing their jobs. But it's this sense of a loss of freedom uh, that comes with this policy. And people saying, Enough
5: is enough that it's got to change. Let the like let the like the let the like evil say, say,
0: it is Monday, 28 November, the year of our Lord, 2022. I hope you had an amazing holiday because it's time to get to work and work all over the world, from Beijing to Brazil to Maricopa County. Uh, we're going to have it all today, and including at 11 o'clock, Mike Lindell is going to come in and report in about his uh, his past three or four days of prayer and what his intentions are regarding the running for chairman of the RNC. So we're absolutely packed wall-to-wall today. Uh, we got Ben Burke. I'm going to get to in a 2nd and trying to get his shot. He's at Maricopa County where they're trying to slide in early. Ben, just hang on for one second. I want to get to Pasovic and Cortez about this story. This is not simply about uh, the, the the lockdowns, right? Uh, ben, uh, Jack Pasovic. This is not just about the lockdowns. This is about the CCP and this is about Xi. There's something we've really never seen in the streets before. And by the way, it's not being covered in China, just like the Brazil Tens of millions in the street are not being covered uh, in Brazil. But this is a direct uh, assault from Shanghai, from the French concessions, Shanghai to the heart of Beijing on the CCP's totalitarian role. And when the MSNBC a, a, a correspondent who did a pretty good job said that there goes a loss of freedom. These people don't have any freedom. Everything's been taken away from them. this. Is about she this is about the CCP. And for the first time, we really heard, you know, except for the lone uh, individual during the, the, the 20th Party Congress that put the banner up there, take down Xi. Uh, this is the first time you've seen a mass of people in d- various cities around the country saying she has
3: got to go. Jack Posovic. Steve, it goes without saying, what we're witnessing now across China is the largest mass uprising against the CCP since the events of Tiananmen Square in 1989. Now, a lot of people have been asking me, is this larger than Tiananmen Square in 1989? No, it is not. Not yet, at least. We'll see. All right. The Tiananmen Square uprising lasted for seven weeks, and we all know how that ended. It ended with the tanks rolling and the bodies of students in the square. But it also took place across the city. And while mainstream media did, and I'll give them credit where credit's due, they did cover the events in Tiananmen Square, at least until they were kicked out. What people don't realize is that those uprisings took place across the entire country, just like we're seeing now today. So in places like Shanghai, where I lived, uh, the French concession, which is right there, by the way, only feet, just feet away from the U.S. consulate right there in the French concession. And that's why it was the, the silence that we heard. All weekend, right up until just a few moments ago, early this morning from the Biden administration, was so deafening. It was absolutely deafening silence for the people who said that they stand up for freedom, that they stand up for democracy, that they hear this all day long. Democracy, freedom, democracy, freedom. And yet no response whatsoever. And Steve, look, we need to call this like it is. These are the same people who supported the government of Trudeau and the crackdown against the truckers. They're the same people who supported the government of the Netherlands in their crackdown against the farmers. And now we get this insane statement from our White House, which doesn't really stand with the people. And it certainly doesn't oppose anything that the CCP does. And And I'll end with this. Because this White House is bought and sold by the Chinese Communist Party, the Biden yes. and his criminal family, and this is why the investigation – and I, I heard people saying, oh, so well, you know, the House shouldn't do an investigation. They're out of touch. It's not relevant. Guess what? It's the most relevant thing in the world because that's why you're seeing a response like you do, this yeah. non-response response from the Biden by, administration.
0: By, by, by the way, the, the administration, this regime also hadn't said anything. They They congratulated Lula. 30 seconds after they illegally put his name up that, that tens of millions of white house has been completely That except they've you know threatened to send the cia down there to help the uh, to help the oligarchs and criminals Send the, the cia again brazil uh, It send the cia again so and by the way all over you know as, uh, funneling money sbf and ftx money into katie hobbs's campaign and other sort of they have the managed uh, uh consent uh company that they're following arizona is a mess we're gonna to get to Burkham in a second i want to bring um cortez in by the way not just the investigations of hunter biden in the laptop and all their financial arrangements ccp this gets back to fauci this gets back to fauci yes. in <laughs> wuhan this this is all inextricably linked uh, inextricably linked ladies and gentlemen do you understand the bravery of those people in uh in uh in in beijing and shanghai they're in the streets look what happened in hong kong when we did not have their back and look and at Steve, the young people even in the people hong kong right. yeah, Wuhan
3: ahead, as well just to just to throw out there real quick even the people of wuhan as well are down there the lao baijing the old hundred names they're count they're yep. screaming they're chanting it started in wuhan it ends in wuhan right
0: and, uh, these guys understand cortez your analysis and assessment sir
1: Yes.
3: Well, listen, we may
1: be witnessing the beginning of the end of the CCP. We certainly hope and pray that that is so. And it is, I think, not just possible, but in fact, plausible. And there would certainly be a sweet irony if the very virus that they unleashed upon the world boomerangs back to take down this despotic junta in Beijing. And when I say they unleashed it upon the world, by the way, I'm not saying necessarily that they created it. They may have. But whether they created it or not. We know that they knowingly infected the globe when they knew they had human-to-human transmission. They unleashed an epidemiological dirty bomb upon the United States and the rest of the world, and it might well now be coming home to roost for the CCP itself. I wanna to get to the, to the Washington part of this because you and Jack both mentioned this statement out from the White House is a disgrace. This is totally milk-toast weak sauce. All right, it does not condemn the regime. It does not offer support, either symbolic or tangible, to the protesters. Instead, what does this statement do? It actually pivots back to the U.S. in a very Fauci-esque way, talks about the need for more boosters and testing in the United States, rather than addressing what is going on domestically in China, the existential enemy of the United States. So, totally weak sauce, and I would contrast that, by the way, let's put this in historical context, Steve, Contrast that with Ronald Reagan, for example, in the 1980s, and the way that he spoke about the protesters in the solidarity movement in Poland, the way the U.S. government broadly supported Eastern European and Russian protesters in the late 1980s all the way into 1990, a very different framework, a very different narrative. And again, not only symbolic support that we provide but also tangible on-the-ground support via our intelligence services. I hope we're doing that now, but I doubt we are, because I think the intelligence services of the United States are far more focused on harassing people like Steve Bannon and regular deplorables out there than actually attacking the enemies of the United States like the CCP.
0: No, they're focused on domestic terrorists like the people they're right. going to canvass in, in Arizona when they sent the, girl and sent the letter, or parents that don't want a uh, gender ideology crammed down their children's uh, throats uh, or pants, depending on the school. So this, this the, the FBI and the, and the and the intelligence services are focused on that, and they're also totally compromised. Everything yeah. they do, everything they do regarding China's is performative. a build on um, on uh, Cortez's th- th- this thing from the White House actually implies that there, it's not a problem with the lockdowns or what the CCP's doing. And, and Cortez is right; it pivots back to basically finger pointing and shaming. The American people who, with even with, uh, what, $400 million, they can't sell additional ad campaign. They can't sell the boosters to anybody. Jack
3: Basovic. Well, Steve, remember, the the White House is in a dangerous spot, number one, because, again, their stated policy on COVID lockdowns, on mandates, which still continue in many sectors that they've been pushing. Anthony Fauci, his influence over our government, his complicity in the creation of this virus, this experiments, the gain-of-function program that we believe was the precursor to COVID itself they have to be very careful about any discussion of what's going on in wuhan certainly any criticism of the ccp in addition right to all of the biden families issues with this plus if you're seeing people protest in the streets against the regime when it comes to COVID, you're seeing now the people of the united states with the lockdown protests you saw people of canada you saw the people of the netherlands you saw people in uh, france belgium all across europe right, for the entire summer. Uh, gilet jaunes, right, the yellow vests, the yellow jackets were going out there. So many people. But if there's one message that I would say, right, that I would have put out this morning, it would have been this. And I would have used, and you heard the MSNBC uh, anchor kind of mention this, the first line of the Chinese national anthem. Chi lai bu yuan zu nuli de renmin. Rise those who would not, uh, who would not, who refuse to be slaves. Arise those who refuse to be slaves. See, the problem with running a revolutionary movement like the CCP, and they've kept the revolutionary rhetoric around for so many years, is that the revolutionary rhetoric is now being turned against them.
0: We know Wang Shishan is very concerned about the legitimacy of the CCP. We know this from many, many sources. It's one of the things he focused on, Jack, we got about a minute with you, and thank you for being on here. But since you're a naval intelligence officer, you speak perfect Mandarin. What should people be looking for over the
3: next 24 or 48 hours? Look, people need to understand the CNN and msnbc they're leaving this out. This started because of an apartment high-rise fire that took place in Xinjiang, by the way, in Urumqi, that those people were burned alive, men, women, children, families by the CCP. They couldn't get out. They were locked in. This is directly resulting from the zero COVID policies. Steve, we talked about in the very first episode of War and Pandemic, this is all about their uh, them being terrified of the theory of dynastic decline and the loss of the mandate of heaven and another thing i've got to say is hey what a better birthday present for stephen k bannon than the lao <laughs> bai jing of china amazing. rising up on your birthday yesterday
0: it, it was amazing to spend all day just following that the, the heroic old hundred names lao baijing the people in the streets have bravery that is just awe-inspiring jack basovic how do people follow you during the day because today and tomorrow they must
3: sir Look, Steve, the lobbying, they understand the stakes. They understand Tiananmen Square, even if they're not allowed to talk about it. You're going to find me on Twitter. You're going to find me on Getter. Tonight, we're going to be doing a special Human Events Daily all about this. And I'm going to be, I've got like a million interviews today, so I'll be everywhere. Fabulous. Jack Vasovic, thank you very much. Okay, we're going to come back. We're going to Maricopa County. Real America's
0: Voice, Ben Berquam, is on the scene as they try to slip in this certification. Steve Cortez with us for the hour. Next, in the war room. You know what's never good? We're covering the world today because the world is obviously in this fight for freedom. Whether it's Brazil, whether it's Beijing, Shanghai, the French Concession. By the way, I used to live uh, for a while in the French Concession, where this where this protest is starting uh, is only yards from where the the CCP actually launched Sun Yat Sen was there. CCP. It's amazingly famous. Part of Shanghai, very symbolic what happened uh, over the weekend. And I just want to reiterate for all of our people in mainland China, all the Lao Beijing that watch us every day in the in the the brave new federal state and others here in the United States, the 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 bravery of the Chinese people now is absolutely awe-inspiring because the CCP is a totalitarian. A uh, dictatorship that takes uh, no prisoners and the brutality—you've seen this with Cardinal Zen this week, uh, and what's happening in—you um, know—our failure in Hong Kong to back the Hong Kong protesters. These people understand nobody has their back, nobody but the War Room and certain others. Ben Burquam, uh you're in Maricopa County. Ben, it's interesting—you've done, you've been in Mexico, you've followed the invasion of the southern border, you've been all over as the top investigative reporter for Real America's Voice. You've done a magnificent job in Arizona since 3 November of 2020. We're here today, they're sneaking in early. Uh, they, they've called for a executive session at eight o'clock in the morning, to kind of sneak in before the public's allowed in at 9.30. Put it in perspective for me, Ben. Yeah, Steve, it's, it's kind of what we've come to expect. And as
6: you started the show with the CCP in China and the uprising that's happening over there, as Jack said, happy birthday uh, to Steve Bannon on, on that one. Uh, I had a woman come up to me just a, a second ago and said, I've been to China multiple times. And what, what gets me is, as they're fighting for the freedoms they don't have, we're giving ours away. That's what the stakes are right now. That's what the battle is. That's why you have people out here, 100 people already. Uh, doors don't open for another hour. But they're here. They're fed up. They see what's happening here in Arizona. And they see what's happening around the world in Brazil and China. And they see the direct connection. If we don't stand up and fight and, and stop this steal, stop this, what we're, what we saw in 2020 and now 2022 – We're going to lose our republic.
0: Ben, uh, this is kind of odd because uh, I think Cochise County has already come out and said today that they're not going to certify this. They have fundamental huge problems. and I think Mike Lindell may, may give us an update on that. Huge problems about what went on about the disenfranchisement of the folks in Cochise County. I'm hearing Mojave County may be the same way. A lot of these rural counties are saying Maricopa County has disenfranchised us. Why is this, why is this executive session starting at 8 a.m., which was kind of rescheduled? <laughs> why are they having a non-public, the public can come in at 9.30 to voice their complaints, and there'll be a lot more than the couple of hundred out there at the time. Why Why? why did they start I, early, and why are they behind closed doors? Well, I think it's
6: clear. It's the same reason why they didn't let us in for their uh, their press conferences during after the election. They don't want the 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 scrutiny that the public offers, or that real press offers them. I mean, that's really the reality that's going on here. They don't care. They've already made their decision. If you read that letter that they sent, the Maricopa County sent back to the AG, uh, it, it's clear they don't have any desire to have transparency. They don't have any desire to show what actually happened. They're basically saying, pound sand, we're gonna do what we want, what regardless whether you like it, because nobody can stop us. That's the message. And the question is, can anybody stop them? I mean, that's that's what the people here feel like. They feel like 2020 was stolen. Uh, they and, and that's the concern is, will we have judges when Carrie Lake files her lawsuits? Will we have courts that actually stand up and step in? But what we're expecting today is uh, Bill Gates to come out with this smug indifference and and basically say, we're going to do this whether you like it or not. And And this is what this group of people is here to stand up and say, no, you're not
0: if my producer uh, can pull if you can go to my getter account and pull the uh, letter uh, it's a, it's so overnight here's like some uh breaking developments for those that have not been following on getter over the weekend uh the um uh, Maricopa County sent a response to the blistering letter of the attorney general and Ben it was kind of like hey we don't have time we don't have interest we're not going to do any of this yeah just go yeah. screw yourself i mean it was in it was in your face then yeah it, uh, go ahead, Ben.
6: Yeah, it was, it was basically the same thing as the press conferences. You know, no one asked tough questions. Now they finally got some tough questions asked by the AG. They say, oh, you didn't give us enough time. And then they go down through the statutes. Uh, we, you know, we didn't have to have every printer working. I mean, they actually, they, they, they list the statute and then they go down and say, we didn't have to have every printer working. We didn't disenfranchise people votes. I mean, if you actually read the letter, you can, you can see it at, uh, Gateway Pundit, they do, have done an article yeah. on it, but Kelly Ward has the letter. If you go to her Twitter account, you can read the whole thing there. It's all over the place now. I mean, it is, it is so disrespectful to the voters of Arizona and really yeah. the people of America. Yeah. But again, it, it's, it's more of the same of what we've come to expect from Bill Gates
0: and this Board of Supervisors. I put up it was smug, arrogant, condescending, and disenfranchising. Uh, then last night, another lawsuit was filed really with, uh, we had the lawyer Son and Claire. On last week on the show, it took a lot of what he observed as an RNC legal observer and put it into a lawsuit with other things from from a voter, a voter, and had a very sophisticated, obviously, law firm draft this up. So people should know: people are bombarding with affidavits, people are bombarding with lawsuits. This thing's just starting now to get heated up. Uh, Ben, why don't you hang there? We're going to come back to you in in, in in a minute. So don't leave. I know it's a little chilly out there. Outside of uh, Maricopa County and Metro Phoenix, Uh, but this is a big day. Remember, they're doing a secret, behind the doors reschedule thing that they did, so they didn't have to face the public. I think at nine thirty, local time that would be eleven thirty, East Coast time. They'll open the doors and people will go in. There'll be hundreds trying to get in front of the microphone today to say, hey, this thing's impossible. And it just let me be blunt. You look at the AG's letter, it's impossible to certify this. And now you have county supervisors in these rural counties uh, that are still large. I mean, they sum up to, what, two-thirds. It's not all of them. Pima County's already certified. But a number of these counties are saying, hey, this thing cannot possibly be certified. Let's play. I want to play the Klaus Schwab piece before I bring in um, Steve Cortez again. Let's go ahead and play Klaus Schwab telling us about what he thinks about the uh, CCP, Xi, and the China model.
5: On the G20, you were there meeting some of the leaders as well. Professor Schwab, what do you make of the result? Finally, they put something as a statement, and it seems quite positive with all the voices included. I think it's positive. It's uh, already positive through the fact that everybody agreed about the statement, which we haven't had the last years. Now the base has been formed, but um, we have to go one step further. We have to have a strategic mood. We have to construct the world of tomorrow. It's a systemic transformation of the world. So we have to define how the world should look like, which we want to come out of this transformation period. I uh, respect uh, China's achievements, which are tremendous over the last uh, over 40 years. I think it's um, a role model for many countries, but I think also uh, we should leave it to each country uh, to make its own So, Steve
0: Cortez, uh, you see, I want to connect the White House response and this horrible tweet. And by the way, let me be blunt. I haven't looked at the last few minutes. But for all the boys, and the and this is Darren Beatty, it's put the pom-poms down again. For all the bluster that Elon Musk have and all the all the uh all the uh the, the phony I'm a free speech absolutist on his Twitter account, not one mention of this all weekend. The biggest event in the world, not one mention, not one tweet about it. And we tweet and all this other crap. You know why? Because it's paymasters are in Beijing and Shanghai. I keep saying this until he fully discloses the ownership and the financing of the CCP and back of Binance and back of Sequoia and back of uh, his Tesla because the thing is 99% financed by the Chinese Communist Party and he proved it this weekend. Not one am I am I off base on that Cortez not one mention of anything this world historical event the bravery of Lao bai Jing, old 100 names, about uh, Musk and the White House, because they essentially kowtow to the China model, which is a model of slavery of the Chinese people, Steve Cortez.
1: Well, and regarding the White House, once it finally does uh, sort of address the situation in China, it actually doesn't, because- It doesn't mention the tyranny of the CCP. The White House statement doesn't offer any support, either symbolic or tangible, to the protesters in Beijing. Again, what did it do? It pivoted back to the United States in support of testing and booster shots for Americans. So uh, it's worse than milk toast. It's even worse than weak sauce. It's actually incredibly dismissive. And why? To connect it back with klaus schwab who of course is a is almost a movie villain a, mo- a bond movie villain but unfortunately he's not just in the in the pictures he's in reality telling us who he is you know and maya angelo the american author famously said when somebody tells you who they are believe them the first time well klaus schwab is telling us exactly who he is and what the organization that he leads the world economic forum of davos what it intends for the globe. And this Washington, Davos, Brussels, Beijing alliance is right now, thankfully, uh, feeling the pressure of patriots all over the world. So let's connect the dots. It's the truckers in Canada. It is the protesters right now in Phoenix who are demanding authenticity and accuracy in voting. It's South American deplorables in Brazil who have taken to the streets in mass by the millions. And then maybe most importantly of all, it's this uprising in Beijing, a peaceful uprising of people who have had enough of the tyranny of the CCP. To connect those patriotic nationalist movements across the globe, the common element, the thread here is a revolt against the ruling class globalist tyranny that has been inflicted on the world, including on Americans, especially middle and lower income Americans by Klaus Schwab and his agenda as supported by the oligarchs of American businesses, especially big tech and by the Democrat party. So that is the common thread here. And it's, it's not that surprising to me, unfortunately, that even American, even American citizens who have oligarchic power in the United States are choosing to simply ignore what's going on in China, even though it is clearly the biggest story on the globe, on planet Earth right now, and the White House chose to ignore it until issuing, again, this terrible, terribly inept statement regarding China.
0: Just a great disgrace. Okay, uh, Cortez is going to stick with us. We've got uh, Natalie Winters. Uh, we're going to get back to Ben Burquam. All of are going to talk some economics, capital markets. We're going to connect some dots on the homepage of Drudge. All next. We're only in the war room. It's hard to grasp why anyone would keep voting for record inflation skyrocketing crime and an open border. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with the big carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only, and I repeat, only Christian conservative wireless provider. They want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to show you why I, Stephen K. Bannon, trust them right now. When you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get a third month free, plus free activation. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks and use the same towers as all three of the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedom. Just go to patriotmobile.com Bannon or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. If you're fed up with the woke companies that don't care about your values, support a company that does. Make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation. That's patriotmobile.com slash Bannon. That's patriotmobile.com slash Bannon. Or call 972-PATRIOT. American of the global corporatists, particularly the companies domiciled in the United States, have enjoyed the protections of the United States. Apple dropped, shut down the airdrop, which allowed the protesters to communicate each other when they're right next to each other. Explain what happened.
3: Yeah, thank you, Steve. This is the beauty of uh, network-enabled warfare. Uh, The CCP just simply uh, makes a simple call to uh, Apple. Apple, just in their network environment, just says, okay, we're going to turn off the airdrop feature and uh, in the tactical data sharing among the the citizens. This is huge.
0: That lost, John. Okay, fine. Let me go to Steve Cortez. Uh, Cortez, Walk us through. Connect that to the plant. They have a plant. They've admitted now to the to the right. public shareholders mm-hmm. the the slave labor camp. That remember two things kind of started this. One was the slave labor camp at their plant, of right. which you had the protesters did the breakout. The other was welding the apartment shut. They had the fire that killed the ten people. Um, what connect those dots to what they did in dro- and Because airdrop is when you're right next to somebody. Right. Hey, here it is. Boom, airdrop. Boom. Connect sure. the dots, sir.
1: Right. And allowing these Chinese patriots to share information, right, so that they can organize their peaceful and brave protest against the abusive CCP. Uh, look, there was a time, Steve, regarding big business, there was a time in America when there was a phrase that was very common that what's good for General Motors is good for America. And that was actually largely true because big businesses were guided not just by profits, by also, but also by patriotic responsibility to the country. We have the exact opposite situation right now. Where big business, not only are they not patriots, they are in fact fully enmeshed with the Chinese Communist Party. And because of that alliance with the Chinese Communist Party, big business primarily act antithetically to the interests of the United States. And we see that in a very specific case right here, where, where Apple is literally acting against not just the interests of the United States, but also acting against the interests of these brave freedom fighters in China. Why? because Apple is totally beholden to the CCP, and that is the unfortunate and sad reality. Now, what do we do about that from a policy perspective? Well, when these companies will no longer act patriotically, we have to punish them. We have to punish them financially with policy. They should be facing harsh financial sanctions for offshoring, for acting the manner that that Apple is right now. That's the reality, and I hope that this incoming JP house realizes immediacy of what's going on and the, and the urgency of this situation.
0: Footage up. Let me have it. Um, go ahead. Can we play? I want Denver to play footage. I'd love Steve Cortez's lovely visage and mine, of course, another year older and yet another year wiser, but let's play some footage. This is television. Um, walk me through There we go. go. Okay. Let me have Cortez on a split screen. That's fine. Uh, I'll direct this if you want, (laughs) Uh, Steve this is the issue you've got a White House that's complicit you've got corporations that are complicit you've got uh, you've got uh, you know the global elites that are complicit nobody's right. standing up for Lao Laobajing right now except for War Room and some of the Patriots here in the United States that understand how these dots connect right
1: well and by the way in terms of connecting the dots let's also connect this to the economy both in China and here in the United States because these protests are of course erupting primarily Because of the tyranny of the CCP and what it has done via these just vicious lockdowns to the Chinese people. But clearly, also feeding the anxiety of Chinese citizens is a massively weakening economy, but particularly there in China. And to prove this point, if we can pull up a chart, I'd like to show shipping rates. And this is shipping rates from Shanghai through Los Angeles, perhaps the most important shipping route in the entire world right now. Those shipping rates uh, during the lockdowns, of course, tanked. They then, because of pent up demands in late 2020, started to absolutely soar. They catapulted higher. But what has happened in recent months? Shipping rates for a container across the ocean from Shanghai to Los Angeles have absolutely collapsed. And chart one shows that it's actually now about one sixth the price to ship a container, 40 foot container from Shanghai to do Los Angeles as it was just a matter of months ago. Now, there are two reasons for this. On the U.S. side, on our side of the Pacific, the U.S. consumer is massively weakened because of Joe Biden's inflation. And we know this by a variety of metrics, including consumer confidence, also exploding credit card debt. So the U.S. consumer is largely tapped, so a lack of demand on this side of the Pacific. On the Chinese side of the Pacific, its disastrous zero COVID policy has meant uh, a... a, a Tremendous halt, if not you know, difficulty if not halt to on the Chinese side of the Pacific. All of that resulting; those two forces together resulting shipping rates absolutely collapsing. So the economic is also very much part of this protest, this burgeoning protest, this freedom movement. Uh, what what we hope is ultimately going to be a revolutionary populist movement in China against the CCP.
0: Can we pull up – if Denver can pull up that chart just one more time. I want to make sure you explain this to our podcast, our enormous podcast and radio audience that's not watching on the streaming services that Real America's Voice or good or these others. Walk them through what that chart shows sure. because – it, it. and I, then I'm going to put up the Drudge uh, front page and we're going to connect some dots. This is – and this is why this uh, lame duck is so important. You, you're you're about to see a a, uh, a 2023 – that ain't going to start off well as far as the economy goes, right. uh, Steve Cortez. Explain the Correct. depth of what that means. Let's let's go downrange. When when the shipping sure. containers drop in a free fall like that, what does it mean?
1: Right. No, and this is important, by the way. So that was a chart of the rate to ship a container, forty foot container, the standard shipping uh, uh, metric for the world from Shanghai to the Los Angeles port, from the busiest ports in the world to the busiest port in the United States. Uh, That chart goes back just over 10 years. Now, you saw a massive spike in late 2020. Why? Because there was so much pent-up demand because of the lockdowns globally, including here in the United States. So because of that demand, you saw a very unnatural spike. And it would actually be, Steve, a good thing for that number to very gradually, the container rate to very gradually come back down to a more normal rate. But we didn't see that. Instead, we've seen a collapse, which is even more violent than the previous ascent in shipping rates. And this collapse, again, is happening because on the US side of the Pacific, we have a consumer that is completely in a corner because of Biden's inflation, a computer, a consumer that is, that is tapped and spent. On the Chinese side, you have massive problems with production, with producing these goods because of the zero COVID tyranny of the Chinese Communist Party. So the trend, anyone looking at the chart can see the trend is not our friend right now. The, the, the trend projects, that we are going to have a terrible 2023 after a very poor 2022 economically in the world, including here in the United States. So to your point, Steve, the urgency for the incoming House GOP, um, urgency is cute. It is intense. We really, I mean, more than I can even express, we need the House GOP to address the economic crisis that deepens in this country. And in fact, in the world, most of it caused by the, by the terrible economic mismanagement of Joe Biden as reflected in that chart.
0: Um, I want to put up, I want to put up, can we put up the Drudge uh, Mac Daddy and, and get that at Denver? Yeah, thank you. I want you Steve, look at this audience and explain to our podcast audience what we're looking at here of Drudge, both the Mac Daddy, which is always the one above the Drudge headline, but then in the upper left where he puts a mini stack. I want you to k- kind of give the audience what they are and then connect dots for me. Sure.
1: Well, listen, what's important here, I think, is is even Drudge, which is a website that used to be really valuable, not so much anymore, especially if you're of our philosophical bent. Uh, It is anything but MAGA or America First or populist nationalists. But even Drudge here recognizes the risks to the global economy. What we have going on right now, Steve, for the first time, it's literally never happened since China emerged as a major economic power two decades ago. Uh, because of the Washington Uniparty insistence that it be allowed into the WTO, the World Trade Organization, on terms that were incredibly uh, beneficial to China and terrible for American workers. Uh, Since that time, we have not had a recession in, in all major economies in the world at once, meaning Europe, the United States, and China. All three economic centers of the world right now in synchronicity are crashing into the economic ditch. And the risks of that Uh, confluence. The the risks are hard to overstate. I mean, here's the reality, Steve. We frankly don't know exactly where it projects because it hasn't happened before, Uh, but I think we can very reasonably determine that it's going to be terrible, that the fallout is going to be significant, and that we enter this recession, unfortunately, in an already extremely weakened state because of the mismanagement of Joe Biden. So both from an economic and a geostrategic perspective, the risks are rising in a world that becomes ever more volatile. You know, I've said this before on your show, Steve, I think, you know, volatility is the watchword, politically and economically, volatility has risen dramatically. There's every indication from the data and evidence that it's going to continue to rise pace from here. These are, these are going to continue to be incredibly volatile times, volatile markets, volatile economic statistics, volatile politics.
0: And this is why, you know, people are going to have to take a stand here and make a decision. Um, remember, let's go back how we got here. How did we get to the China model? When Tiananmen Square happened, which, as Posobiec said, built up over six, seven weeks, had Lady Liberty out there. It was brutally crushed by Deng Xiaoping and the elites in uh, in, in China. And by the way, tens of thousands of deaths throughout the country, not, not the thousand they talk about just in Tiananmen. Brent Scowcroft and Bush 41, they told the CCP, we got your back, right? right. We got your back. Uh, we want you to be the manufacturing powerhouse. Only a couple of years later did the Clinton and uh bob rubin uh you know group along with the bushes give them a most favored nation world trade organization what seven or eight years later the last time the chinese people rose up it was the us government along with all their global partners that told the ccp which was about to collapse that we have your back and and then allowed them the, the, they actually were the uh co-partners in building the china uh, model for the slave labor in China. That's how we got the world situation we have today. Is that not correct, Steve Cortez?
1: No, it, it's 100% correct. And by the way, let me contrast that with our intervention in Ukraine. And what I, what I mean by that is I get criticized quite a bit for talking so much about the CCP. Uh, and some folks who are very America first, uh, you know, perhaps even isolationist in terms of foreign policy criticize me for being adventurous or neocon. Not at all, okay? My point is Ukraine is immaterial to the United States and that conflict would not matter if we would actually just leave it alone. But what happens in China matters enormously for the United States because of the degree to which, you're exactly right, the degree to which the US ruling class completely sold out to the Chinese Party, Communist Party and in doing so, eviscerated the production capacity of the American people, particularly American industrial workers. So it matters enormously to the domestic prosperity and health of the United States directly.
0: Bingo. Okay, we're gonna take a short break. We're gonna come back. and We're gonna add another piece to this. Tony Fauci, he did his valedictory, with his tour yesterday of the Sunday talk shows. We have Natalie Winter, Steve Cortez, I have a few observations and comments on all of that. We get back in the world. ON all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter I. i.targetpro.com. That's I. i.targetpro.com offer code bannon b a n n o n.
4: Letter has arrived.
6: The new social media taking on big tech. Protecting free speech. And canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say
2: what you want, the way you want. Download now. Getter has arrived. They've clearly politicized it. You know, they say that I be, I'm not political at all, period. I've never been. And anybody who knows anything about me knows that that's the case. But it is very clear when people are running their campaigns Mm -hmm. with an anti Fauci element to it. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, this is a public health issue. So yeah, it's going to keep going likely much more geared towards me. I mean, it's obviously a political issue. I'm not going to get involved. I didn't get involved before in the politics and I'm not going to get involved. So
4: coming out of the holidays, should parents expect schools to shut down?
2: I don't know, uh, uh, Margaret. I'm not sure. W- when, when you talk about shutting down schools, there's always the collateral. That's also effects. radioactive. Like <laughs> <you talk about. laughs> exactly. There's always the collateral issue. So you have to balance and you do it in real time, depending upon the viral load of disease in your region, whether, you know, the upper Northeast may be quite different from the Southwest, from the, from the, from the Pacific coast, from the upper Northwest. So you have to have the local authorities evaluate on a situation by situation basis the the potential collateral deleterious effects with the effects of what might happen if you have so many kids getting infected. What happens is that if you look at the anti-China approach that clearly the Trump administration had right from the very beginning and the accusatory nature, the Chinese are going to flinch back and say, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to talk to you about it, which is not correct. But they're they're not talking to
5: the Biden administration about it either. Exactly.
2: I think that horse is out of the barn and they're very suspicious of anybody trying to accuse them. We need to have an open dialogue with their scientists and our scientists. Keep the politics out of it and let the scientists, because these are scientists that we've known for decades, Mm -hmm. that the Chinese, not necessarily the scientists that we know and we have dealt with and collaborated with productively, for decades, but the whole establishment, a political and other establishment in China, even when there's nothing at all to hide, they act secretive, which absolutely triggers an appropriate suspicion of like, what the heck is going on over there? So right now, what we would really like to know is all of the details of what went on with the original people who were infected. We keep a completely open mind as to what the origin is having said that if you look at the examination by highly qualified international scientists with no political mm-hmm. agendas they've published in peer reviewed journals that the evidence is quite strong that this is a natural occurrence does that mean we've ruled out that there was something funny going on at leak absolutely and i and all of my colleagues keep an absolutely open mind we've got to investigate every possibility because Mm -hmm. this is too important not to do that by the way cbs and
0: nbc but themselves even more i mean that was a disgraceful he's a pathological liar how dumb does he think we are natalie winters i mean we got the receipts this whole thing about the early stages of trump being anti-china i mean he was he spent months the emails are there he spent months trying to cover up what he had done natalie this Speaks so much to the problems we have in this country. And this is why the media's um, approval ratings, I don't know, 10, 11%. She sits there like a bump on the log, nodding, nodding her head. Not one tough question, not one tough follow on. Natalie Winters.
7: So the entire interview is about 20 to 30 minutes. And I had such difficulty pulling some of the, the best clips from Anthony Fauci because really the entire interview is just an effort to, I think, really whitewash the sins of Fauci's actions at the NIH. Um, But of those highlights that we pulled, I think it's really interesting. I love the framing of it, how he begins the interview claiming that he's not political and that he never has been. But then he goes on to not only make obviously very political statements about the Republican Party and Trump and the anti-China movement and school lockdowns, but he also sort of reveals um, that his entire COVID calculus in terms of uncovering the origins was political in the sense that he didn't want to offend the Chinese Communist Party. The same Chinese Communist Party, which you can see there's a moment where he says, "We're, you know, we've been partners with them for years, but then he sort of realizes what he says. So he takes a step back and he says, these are the ones that we've collaborated, quote, productively with, you know, not the, not the politicians, not the regime itself. Um, but that right there is saying the quiet part out loud. We know that Anthony Fauci has really been the leading voice leading the crusade over at NIAID to collaborate with the Chinese Communist Party, not just in Wuhan, um, but really all these labs across the country. But I think this is the final interview. I mean, I've obviously known this for a while, but it's so in your face. And I really think that it solidifies that Anthony Fauci should go, I think, down really in the, the trash bin of history Um, really is another figure in D.C. who's just like a lot of these people who kind of reared their ugly heads during the first impeachment of Donald Trump. Right. The Alexander Vindmans, the Marie Yovanovitch types who love to masquerade under this false pretense and this false facade of nonpartisanship and not being political actors. But they have an agenda, and in the case of Anthony Fauci, as he said, it was to cover for the Chinese Communist Party, but also on the political side of things, really to undercut Donald Trump because he did not like that he took a quote anti-China approach.
0: Yeah, H- hang over a second. I ask you and Cortez, uh, uh, please. I know you're busy, but just stay through to the next break because I want to get your assessment, and I want to get back to you on that. It's so important. Let me be blunt. If Fauci had been truly a man of science and truly a man in a search for truth, the individuals that burned to death welded into that apartment complex would have never happened. This would have all been outed in the CCP. The sins of the CCP would have all come to light back in 2020 and 2021. This is, it's inextricably linked. Those Chinese patriots on the street, they're all going to be rounded up and put in prison. Okay, That's on Anthony Fauci. And the people that were burned alive, welded into because of the severe lockdowns, that's on Fauci, too. That lion scumbag, okay, is at the heart of much of what has happened here because he didn't. He was a chief science advisor. He did not come forward and say what he knew about the gain of function, about Wuhan lab, about the gun decking by the Chinese officials, all of it. And the truth about lockdowns, mass vaccine, all of it, all of it. And it's all coming out. This is the great fight ahead of us. Okay, Fauci, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Short break, 90 seconds. Natalie Winters, Steve Cortez, going to stick around for a few minutes. War Room minutes. Posse, we you already Mike know Adele. free speech is under Next constant year. attack by the Swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplug Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone get it now take action 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 use your agency
2: they put peter
3: navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty now they want to put peter in prison for standing up for donald trump please go to amazon right now and order taking back trump's america to help fund peter's legal defense taking back trump's america provides a critical mega blueprint to put trump back in the white house in 2024. By Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us.
0: Folks, let me tell you about salty It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer.